Amen. I'm so thankful, amen, for what he's doing. And uh, it's exciting, amen. I know it's Christmas season, but it's exciting when the king shows up. Amen. It's not a social club. We're not just here to feel good. But man, it is so wonderful when the king shows up. Amen. And we come to worship him. We come to honor him. Amen. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here today. I'm A.J. Dummett, the lead pastor here, amen, at the Crossroads. And I want to welcome all of you and all of our guests that are with us today and all those of you that are watching us online. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we know a lot of times people will check us out online before they come to a service. So thanks for checking us out online. We hope to see you in person very soon. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would, let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 2. Amen. Matthew chapter 2. And we'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 12. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version just for a little bit of parody. Amen. It's going to give us a little bit of insight. And I think sometimes it's good uh, for us to look at things in a different light. We have been talking about heaven on earth, and today we're going to continue talking about heaven on earth. And uh, for the next few moments, I want to talk about this very simple subject, the worship of Christmas. The worship of Christmas. Now, our society worships Christmas for the commercialization of Christmas. They worship Christmas for a lot of things that have nothing to do with Christmas. Amen? A lot of the retail stores worship Christmas to get your funds. Amen? And uh, so there's a lot of wrong motives at Christmas time, but I want to talk about the worship of Christmas. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. We talked about that uh, last week, uh, that he was born in a place that was not necessarily where Mary and Joseph were staying at the time, but they had to go there because of the census. Verse 6, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. I don't think he had the same thing in mind, do you? After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy, exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures... They offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Amen. The wise men found Jesus, and they offered him gifts in worship. 
I want to talk about the worship of Christmas for the next few moments. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. And God, we want you to move into this place. And God, help us to draw closer to you in worship. And God, to give you all the honor and the glory and the praise from you, for you, that our lives can give you. And God, we will give you the glory and praise for these things today. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus came to serve, not to be served, but Jesus came, the scripture tells us, to serve. And so the question is, will we serve too? Sometimes we get too busy, I mean, let's be honest, to actually take the time to serve others during this uh, very busy season. So my question to you is, what are you planning to do for others this season? What are you planning to do for others during the Christmas and holiday season? We don't know exactly when the wise men found Jesus, but we do know a couple things. We do know that it was not while he was laying in a manger. So I'm going to surprise some of you. Hold on. If you've never heard this, it's, hopefully it doesn't shock you. I prefer to be as biblical as possible. Uh, on most of these things here, and uh, I know you have seen all of the nativity scenes, and they've got the wise men, and it's a nice, it's nice, it's nice that they have the wise men, and they didn't forget them, they didn't leave them out. However, um, that's not necessarily true to Scripture. The Scripture actually uh, tells us that it was after Jesus was born. That's what we just read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After he was born. So it was, we don't know exactly when, but we know that it was after. It wasn't the night he was born. Now, the shepherds did come the night that he was born, but not, uh, we, don't, we don't know that it was immediately after. So we do know a few things. We know that they were in a house when the wise men arrived. They were not in a stable. They were not in an animal shelter. And in verse 16, we see Herod making uh, the decree, if you go on and read chapter 2, verse 16, we saw Herod making a decree to kill all the boys two years old and under. And if you look at the specific phrase, it says, according to, and he says, or in accordance with uh, the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So it was sometime, that's how we know that it was most likely between Jesus' first and second birthday it was definitely not the night of his birth when the wise men arrived. Now, some of you could probably care less. You're like, I really don't care. There's, there's three wise men, and they showed up, and that's all I care about. Well, guess what? We don't even know there's three wise men. There could have been 20 wise men. There could have been two wise men. We just know there were multiple wise men, and we understand that they brought three gifts. That's all we know for sure. We don't know a lot of what we think we know sometimes. But having said all of that, that's not really truly our focus today. Just a little food for thought. So let's get into the worship of Christmas. The wise men or the magi were seeking Jesus. Everybody say they were seeking Jesus. Are wise men still seeking Jesus? The old, the, the old song says, wise men still seek him. Amen. Are wise people still seeking Jesus today? Are you seeking after Jesus today? I would challenge us today that we need to examine our lives. Are we busy and caught up in the season that celebrates His birth? 
but we are really not seeking Him to be the King and the Lord of our lives. There's a difference between celebrating Jesus in Christmas and really seeking Jesus to be the King and the Lord of your life. Herod was seeking Jesus too, but he was seeking Jesus for a completely different reason. Our motives matter. What are you seeking Jesus for? Are you seeking him to be the Lord of your life or the Santa at your Christmas party? Well, <laughs> our motives matter, folks. The scripture tells us that if we seek, we will find. I spoke with a lady yesterday at the bank and I told her this very thing. I said, it's not enough just to be a good person when we have an opportunity to know and have a relationship with the almighty God of the universe. It's not enough just to be a good person. We can have a relationship with Jesus through His Spirit and through His Word. The wise men found Jesus, and you will find Him when you seek for Him with all of your heart. Amen. The Scripture bears that to be true, and we find that to be true in our lives. When we seek after Jesus, we will find Him, but He can't be uh, just a priority. He needs to be our top priority. He needs to be our main priority. Amen? And so the first point that I make to you today is that the wise men seek Jesus. The second point that I want to uh, tell you is that they brought gifts in worship. They didn't come empty-handed. How many times do we come to church just to be entertained? But they didn't come empty-handed. They didn't come uh, just hoping to get something. And sometimes we go to church and we go to the presence of God just to receive something. But they came to give something. Bringing gifts was particularly important in the ancient East when approaching a superior. You didn't come empty-handed. We see these gifts, frankincense, it's a glittering, odorous gum. It's obtained by making incisions in the bark of several trees. Myrrh exudes from a tree found in Arabia and a few other places and was a much-valued spice and perfume. It was used in embalming. Commentators, ancient and modern, have found symbolic uh, significance in these three gifts, the value that they found in these three gifts, gold suggesting royalty, incense, uh, divinity, and myrrh, the passion and the burial of Jesus. And this interpretation, I, I'm afraid it demands too much insight from the Magi. Could that have been possible? Absolutely. But I will tell you this, these three gifts were simply expensive and they were not common to everybody. <laughs> They were, very, uh, uh, they were very expensive, they were very good gifts to bring, and they probably are what financed the trip to Egypt. Well, never thought about that, did you? This was truly the first recorded baby shower. <laughs> we're going to bring gifts. <laughs> Let's shower the baby with gifts. And many times in the Christmas season... I've been thinking about this a lot lately, right? We, we, we think about, we worry so much about gifts. Everybody say gifts. And, and what will we get? So-and-so. You put, you just, it's just blank. Whatever that name is. What are we going to get grandma? What are we going to get Uncle, uh, Uncle Bob? What are we going to get, uh, you know, 
Oma? What what are we going to get uh, our our you know friend, our coworker? What are we going to get? What will we bring them? <laughs> Many of you probably have lists in your pocket or your purse right now. Mm-hmm. I'm calling you out in church today. How many of you, you have a list? Let's be honest, just raise your hand. I got a list. All right, some of you that are more, only five of you. Wow, this is going to be a great Christmas. Some of you are techies like me, and you like apps. Did you know that there's an app for that? (laughs) You might have an app. I have one called the Christmas List. It's a wonderful app. In fact, it helps keep you on a budget. You can decide how much you want to get, and you can import, you know, presents and prices from all stores all over online. It's just amazing. I know some of you are like, whatever. I just have my scratch pad, and I have Bill, and I have Bob, and I have Susie, and then I have what I'm getting them, and when I get done, I just scratch it off, and that's how it works. That's good for you. Good. But we all probably, even if we don't have a big list, we have a list. Did you know I have three children? These three children, they have so much creativity. And around Thanksgiving time, they start thinking. They start coming up with stuff and they start saying, do you know what I would like for Christmas? I have a mother-in-law every once in a while will drop hints. Well, that would be nice. I, I wouldn't mind having one of those. You guys have people in your family too, and they, they drop hints, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly. So you're getting that for Christmas for me, right? But no matter how it comes about, at some point in time, we at least, if it's only a list in our mind, we have a list for Christmas. What are we going to have at that gathering? What are we going to have at that party? What are we going to have when the family gets together? What are we going to give? Every once in a while, when I show up to something and... We give presents, and they tell me, thank you so much. That was awesome. I'm like, you're welcome. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I have no clue what you're talking about, because I did not handle that. That was handled by Mrs. Dummett. (laughs) And and it's like that in every house. It's like that uh, practically everybody that I'm talking to today. We spend so much time thinking about what we will get other people to celebrate Jesus. Now that's deep. What am I going to get you to celebrate Jesus? Why don't we put a little bit more thought into what we will give Jesus to celebrate him, to celebrate his birth? Obviously, most gifts have meaning. The best gifts are ones that truly mean something to the person who is receiving it. How does it make you feel when somebody goes completely out of their way to get you something that you really like, and it means something special for you personally. I've, I've received gifts that I forgot that I even mentioned that I like that, and somebody got it for me, and I was like, wow, you're really, really intuitive. You really paid attention. I, 
I forgot that I even mentioned that I like this. That was months ago. You know, sometimes when you figure out what somebody likes, you want to get them that gift. I remember last Christmas we, we had a, uh, a wedding in the family the, that year before, and we had, we had captured a really cool picture of Jacob and Lauren, and so we got them a, a gift, and the gift was a canvas print of them like the moment after they were declared married and they they did this little move and so we got them a picture of this print and when they opened it up they were like wow that's so cool why because it meant something to them and gifts have meaning when they mean something to the person they are being given to and that's why especially at Christmas we should give gifts to Jesus that mean something to him it should be a, a true act of worship. It, it shouldn't just be worship of ourselves and worship of the commercialization of Christmas, but it should be true worship that worships Him and brings honor and glory to Jesus. Yes, I know that you can write a check to charity, but that's not the same thing as giving to Jesus something that furthers His work on the earth. That's not the same as giving yourself completely to Jesus. Yes, you can write a check to a charity. You can, you can do a lot of nice things at Christmas and, and donate this and donate your time here and do this and that. But, but all those things, all those acts of kindness and all that, that, that wonderful uh, spirit that you show, what does that do for Jesus? So I ask the question today, what am I going to give to Jesus? <laughs> what am I going to give to Him this Christmas? There, there's, I mean, there, you could take this in a lot of different ways, uh, but, but I want to give you three simple ways. Are you ready? I want to give you three simple ways that you can give a gift to Jesus this Christmas. Three simple ways. You can put it in action. It's an action plan for the week. Are you ready? Everybody ready? Got your pencils ready? Note takers ready? All right, here we go. The first is to give the gift of yourself. You can do that before you leave today. You will give yourself wholly and completely to the one who gave himself completely for you. You'll surrender everything. You'll turn from the life that you think that you need to have, and you'll say, God, I surrender this life to you. I give myself completely to you. So the first thing you need to do is give the gift of yourself. I give all of me to you. That's the first thing. You can do this when you turn over your selfish lifestyle and you make Jesus and what He wants for your life your top priority every day. It's not just a one-time thing here at the, at, the, at the service, but it goes on. So tomorrow then, you decide, Jesus, I gave myself to you completely yesterday. I'm not taking it back today. And then Tuesday, you get up and you say, man... Sunday and Monday, I gave myself completely to you. I'm going to just give you myself again today. And every day, you make a choice that you will give yourself completely to Him. It starts right here, right now, before you leave today. And you can do that by repenting, turning from everything that you've done, everything that you've said, everything that you've thought that was not pleasing to Him. 
And then if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ today. Have all of your sins washed away. And He wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He will fill you with His Spirit. You'll know you've received His Spirit when you speak in a language that you didn't learn at school and your mom didn't teach you. It's, it's a heavenly language and you'll speak in that language and God will fill you with His Spirit. And then you make the decision every day, God, I give myself to you today, fresh and new, starting the day out. I just turn it all over to you. That's how you give yourself completely. The second thing is, I want you to plan to give a financial gift to Christmas for Christ. And some of you, you know, because we do this every year, this is not something new for you. But Christmas for Christ is an effort that helps plant churches in North America. And we take that, that, that offering up, we take it up this week. So we have envelopes, and you'll see we've got these nice little envelopes. They all have different amounts on them. Before the end of the service, we're going to put them all across the altar here. And this is the challenge. This is what I want you to do. Come, take an envelope before, the, before you leave today, and put your name on it, and put whatever amount is on the front of it. There's, you know, I think we got $4 all the way up to 90-something, I don't know. But there's different amounts on each one. Put your name on it. By next Sunday, you can, you can do it today if you want to, but by next Sunday, put that amount in this envelope, bring it back as your financial gift to Christmas for Christ. This will help us. This goes directly to Christmas for Christ. This helps start churches in North America. We have, uh, we'll show you a video later on, and you'll see how it helps missionaries uh, in North America. So if everybody takes one of these, it's not too much. If everybody will take one, and you'll, you'll give, and if we run out of envelopes for some reason, guess what? You don't have to. You could just say, you could put on your offering envelope, this is for Christmas for Christ. This will help uh, plant churches in North America. So you can do that. If everybody helps and, and does this together, uh, we will give a great offering to Christmas for Christ. And Christmas for Christ is a wonderful uh, way to help plant churches and Further the cause of Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful that this church is here? Amen. This church is, is here in part because of Christmas for Christ. This church, when, when this church started, it was helped to get started by Christmas for Christ. So every year we give back to Christmas for Christ to help start other churches so that other churches can have the same opportunities that we have. Amen. The third thing that I would encourage you to do is give the gift of your time, your energy, and your talent this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And you say, well, how can I do that? Well, we've got Christmas events going on. Here in Radcliffe on Thursday, we have a Christmas event in Shepherdsville on Friday and a Christmas event in Valley Station on Saturday. If you've not already signed up, Guess what? You can still help. We'll find a place for you. And if there's no spots for you to work, guess what you could do? You could bring somebody with you. It's not a church service, and it's not a carnival, but it's somewhere in between. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be games, prizes, food, and we're going we're gonna to hear the Christmas story. We're going to sing a few songs. We're going to have a good time together. Each one of these opportunities that you have is a great way for you to introduce your family, your friends, your coworkers to your church family. So I want to encourage you, give your time, your talent, and your energy 
and reach out and bring somebody. We want you to be there, and we want you to bring somebody that doesn't go to this church. Is that okay? All right. See, you've, you've got it now. You're, you're probably, if you check your email, you probably got an email about it, or you're going to get an email about it. But if you want, you can even just take a picture of that, and you can share it with somebody. It's on our Facebook and those events, you can RSVP on Eventbrite, and we really want you to do that. That way we know how many people are coming and we have enough food ready. All right? So there's three simple ways. You can give yourself completely if you've never done that. You can give a financial gift to Christmas for Christ to help other churches like this get started. And you can give your time, talent, and energy. Those are three easy ways to give. And most importantly, the, the last point that I want to make is that Worshiping God will bring direction for you. Do you notice that at the end of what we read, we read about the wise men being warned by God in a dream. Don't go that way. When you truly worship God, when you truly offer Him the gift of yourself, do you know what you have? You have the protection and you have the safety of knowing that God is directing your steps. When you truly worship Him and you surrender to His plan for your life, it will bring safety and direction for you. So why not give God a chance? Why not give God's plan for your life a try today? I mean, you've tried it your way, right? And that didn't always work out so good. So why not give Jesus a try? Why not let His plan be the plan for your life? Why not let His purpose be your purpose today? Amen? Would you stand with me? People worship a lot of things at Christmas time. But the true worship of Christmas is what the wise men displayed, and that is we're going to seek Jesus and we will find him. And we will give gifts to him, not gifts out of our abundance, but we will give sacrificial gifts of ourselves, expensive gifts, gifts that mean something to us. We won't just re-gift last year's egg maker. Some of y'all got just convicted right there. We're not going to re-gift the dirty Santa that we got at the office party. Well, we're going to give something to Jesus that really matters, and we're going to give of ourselves. And then lastly, in giving of myself and in surrendering my life to Him, I know he knows what's best for me. I may not understand it right now. It may not all make sense. And I may have a lot of questions up here of how's this going to work or what's going to happen. But I know that He knows what's best for me. The Almighty God of the universe has given Himself for me. Now I'll give myself back to Him. And I'll trust Him every step of the way. So today in closing, let the wise men who worship Jesus and the presence of of Jesus Christ, let it compel us today to offer our lives as a gift. The scripture says, as a living sacrifice. Do you know what they did to sacrifices? <laughs> In the Old Testament, they would take the sacrifice and they would take it, kill it, and then they would burn it. That doesn't sound like a great analogy for a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice means that 
part of my nature has to die, the part that is selfish and that says, I've got to have my way over what God wants in my life. I've got to be on the throne of my life. I've got to be in charge, and that part of me has to die. And when that part of me dies, I become a living sacrifice. And so I give that gift of myself. God, I give myself. I die to my selfish ambitions and my selfish desires, and I, I put my life here for you. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you desire for me. So my question in closing today as I open up this altar is, will you offer yourself to Jesus today? Many things you could do. Many places you could go. A lot of stuff that you... I mean, there's parties and dinners and get-togethers and there's gifts to be purchased and there's all this and we go, go, go. But we're doing it all to celebrate you, Jesus. Who are we kidding? Why don't we just stop? Stop the rat race. Stop all the, the craziness of this season and just say, you know what? Let's get back to what it's really all about. I want heaven on earth in my life. So guess what, God? I'm going to give you all of me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the gift of me today, God. I know it's not much and it's kind of broken and all jacked up, but here it is anyways. Take it. Do whatever you want to do. And when you do that, you're going to find pay, uh, peace. You're going to find safety. You're going to find security like you've never felt before. And you're going to have joy that's going to come back into your life. So without any further uh, explanation, without any pulling or twisting your arm, I just open up this altar to whoever wants to give themselves to Him. God, I give myself to You today. Here I am. Take all of me.